Hi, I'm Amy. Hi, I'm Roisin. Hi, I'm Tara. Welcome to Yonic Boom, the fortnightly podcast hosted by three deadly feminist midwives exploring women's reproductive and sexual health. Welcome to our bonus episode. Woo! It is International Day of the Midwife. Welcome. IDM. IDM. <laughs> midwife. Mid- well, let's just start a series of chants. Let's do it. Welcome. So, Welcome. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm very happy to be doing bonus content. Um, our our listeners can't get enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they've been asking for so much. Yeah. They asked for the bon- The bonus episode yeah. was not an idea hatched by the three of us. Prior to ever Prior recording, to ever recording <laughs> any episodes of the podcast. Uh, well, I'm very happy to be here with two of my favourite midwives. Oh, Aww. me too. And Stee. And Stee. Hi, Stee. Nonary midwife. Not your, your two top two favourite midwives, no? Amongst. Amongst. Yeah, <laughs> two of. I was like, cutting. Um, so it's the 5th of May. Yes. <laughs> um, International Day of the Midwife was first celebrated on the 5th of May, 1991. And it came about from the 1987 International Confederation on Midwives, which is an organisation that works alongside the UN and other global um, initiatives to mm-hmm. promote, support... Um, and improve kind of midwifery and maternity care around the world. So we kind of use it to celebrate what midwifery is, what it means to you, what it can do. And every year kind of has a theme. Mm -hmm. And you telling us about this year's theme, Tara? Amy's going to tell us about this year's theme. theme. So this theme is Midwives Defenders of Women's Rights. So basically this theme is kind of it goes along with the second of the ICM's three strategic directions, um, which were equality, equality and leadership. So Midwives Defenders of Women's Rights is significant in highlighting the vital role that midwives play in protecting the rights of women, girls and midwives by ensuring they can exercise their full human rights, particularly their reproductive and sexual health rights in their communities and countries of practice. So this is particularly poignant this year, um, mm. 2017, there was the reinstatement of the global gag rule, which um, saw basically several nations implement policies that directly dismantle the human rights and dignity of women and girls. It's shocking. Really sad. Yeah. yeah it's um, horrible. So this is kind of, I suppose, a negative shift. Um, but equally at the same time, there's also lots of things happening globally. Obviously, in Ireland in 2018, we managed to repeal the 8th. So there are lots of things happening and this day is also a day of kind of recognising and celebrating. Um, It's an opportunity also, um, the ICM say, to highlight the right for a midwife to practice in a safe and enabling environment. And they've kind of highlighted in their campaign some incidences in other countries, um, Mexico and Nigeria, where where midwives have been kidnapped and killed on their way to work. So, and obviously this is, these kind of cases aren't necessarily things that get captured Specifically in, because they're practicing midwifery. Because they're practicing midwives. That's yeah. so awful. So obviously we're working in an extremely different environment to that. Yeah. Um, but these things need to be highlighted along with the celebration. It's also, you know, drawing attention to stuff like this. So um, that's basically it, yeah. So yeah, I think they say like they hope with the day to inform everyone with an interest in health and justice that midwives are crucial to reducing uh, maternal and neonatal 
morbidity and mortality, which I think um, we do know. And certainly there have been studies in the past looking at the different outcomes between obstetric care and midwifery care and um, that that would kind of confirm that. Um, And then to celebrate the achievements of midwives and their contribution to improving sexual, reproductive, maternal, newborn health outcomes. And then the day also helps to motivate policymakers uh, to implement change um, by lobbying for adequate midwifery resources, um, recognition um, of the unique professional role of the midwives. And I think that that is particularly poignant in Ireland at the moment when we where we see that recently in the news the funding has been um halted for the yeah maternal ma- maternity strategy um like it hasn't got off the ground at all no not no. at all and it's that's really disappointing because really women need positive change yeah. Um, so we should probably tell people the national maternity strategy came about in 2016 as the first ever uh, targeted strategy um, mm. for the planning and implementation of maternity care in Ireland. Other, like prior to that, it had always kind of been uh, just sucked into like public health care and yeah. not had a specifically targeted plan mm. of its own. Um, so it came about in 2016. 2017 nothing still had been done about the plan for the national maternity strategy which in essence was an overall goal to get better standards of maternity care and uh more more choice more choice women more choice for women yeah and kind of a standardized system across the board in the country so that every woman pregnant person in Ireland was getting the same level of maternity care so then in 2017 when nothing had been done about it um, (laughs) then they just wrote another strategy which was the implementation strategy for the strategy and now here we sit in 2019 and they've removed the funding for it with no plan to implement the strategy or the implementation strategy in any way Yeah. yeah so there's kind of no signs that I can see certainly from a professional perspective of those elements of choice like yeah alongside definitely. birth centers or standalone mm. birth centers mm. or increasing home birth funding or anything there like that there doesn't seem to be anything at all really happening no. there's no change obviously we there have the termination services which is fantastic yeah, yeah. i was gonna say it's mad to think that last year on international day of the midwife we hadn't repealed the atheist no no and there we were the three of us standing on grafton street um, oh yeah, for talking to members of the yes, public I and now. Um, trying to talk about the role of the midwife and how the Eighth Amendment impacted on continuing pregnancy and not just women um, and families who had chosen to to, ter- to terminate a, a pregnancy. Um, and it was nerve wracking because I think mm. that was our first kind of big day. Yeah, I wasn't at that one. I was on the one that we did on Henry, Henry Street. Street. I was in work yeah. last year, actually. Um, Which is a great place to be on International Day of the Midwife, yeah. actually. Because lots of people bring you cakes. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's... Um, but yeah, I remember it was, an, it was a nerve wracking day. It was a great day. It was a great day. Um, some small short scary moments uh which i blocked out so <laughs> we won't talk about those we won't we won't get those to people i think time. it's kind of when you look back and you see from then to now it feels like obviously something very significant has changed and happened um 
but then when you look at the maternity strategy yeah, and see that absolutely, see. you know, hard to see because not yeah. everyone is accessing termination services, as we all know. No. So it's something that affects a very and small I, amount it, of like people. Like it's not a good reflection of your service if only one part of it is forward thinking yeah. and working well. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, there are pockets of um, midwives and... Um, obstetricians working very hard around the country to improve things in their yeah. local, you know, centre. Exactly, yeah. But certainly it's not standardised that care is, is mm. um, improving across across the board, which is really, really what what women want. And I think if we think about a national radio show that was on the last... Yeah, in well... The, in the yeah. recent past. It's pretty Joe Duffy. Yeah, yeah. it's hard not to... Be affected by yeah. it. Yeah. It's I think it's been a hard couple of weeks, I think, to yeah. be a woman who's had a baby in Ireland. And or is to going be, to have a baby. Or is going yeah. to have a baby, yeah. And to be a person who works in providing services for yeah. maternity yeah. care. Yeah, I think, um, I know you were saying to me before, Roisin, like, it is fantastic that people are finally listening to women. And oh, it yeah. was great that women were given the space to talk. I mean, if you think about that just on that level alone... Has there ever been a national level mainstream media middle of the day discussion about what happens to women in childbirth yeah. or how they experience mm. it or how it affects their entire life? Their entire life. So yeah. that's incredible Yeah, that that happened and that the Joe Duffy show chose to continue it for seven, I think even eight, eight days. days. Yeah. yeah, It was incredible. It was. It was. Um, and very affecting to listen to. Yeah. Definitely. Um, um, but yeah, I think what comes out of that um, is that, you know, childbirth is such a mon- momentous occasion in, in mm-hmm. people's lives, pregnancy, postnatal as well. Um, and, you know, people hold on to things for a very long time. Oh, yeah. um, well, and I think women that talking about their experiences yeah, from the 70s, nearly 50 years yeah. ago. Yeah. It's huge. Um, and, you know, some of those stories and you listen to them and you think, I thought to myself, what what has changed in that time? Yeah. You know, um, so really hearing this directly from the women, you know, I hope that the ministers hear that and they rethink the funding for the maternity strategy and really, really try. But you have to think as well that in the repeal campaign, something that had such a massive impact was the personal stories site and people hearing personal stories and realizing that it was about far more than just a flippant decision to end a pregnancy that it was you know a very well thought out decision in a lot of women's lives and like not having the access to that healthcare was having a massive impact Mm. equally for women in maternity care not having access to respectful maternity care is having a massive impact in absolutely the whole rest of their lives yeah yeah, absolutely. So hopefully something does come out of it. I, I hope think so. Joe Duffy can be, you know, he's quite influential. Absolutely. He's quoted frequently in the doll. Yeah. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. <laughs> Not him personally, but... um. But the show. Issues that arise on this show, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of like a finger on the pulse of certain yeah. corners of society. Yeah. You can't really... You can't I mean, knock it. Some of his tact is a little... Mm. Lacking. Lacking, but... I thought he handled the calls from women extremely respectfully he for the most part like he repeatedly said to the shows that I listened to 
I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to let you tell your story because mm. it needs to be told, mm. which not sometimes women aren't getting that. Yeah, in, absolutely. From a healthcare provider, which is really sad. Yeah. Um, and I think it provides a lot of lessons for all of us working to learn to listen. Yeah, 100%. And I think that if many of the women had been listened to around the time of their mm. birth or even... Um, had things properly explained. Had things properly debriefed. explained, debriefed, invited back or mm. had the opportunity to ask to return, to go through their notes, to, to understand different elements, I think that it would be something that they would find it easier to work yeah. work mm. through, you know. Um, and that's by no means to excuse anyone, you know, being horrible to somebody, you know, there's, there is there is no excuse for that. But yeah, I think that, um, you know, being able to talk through and have somebody listen to your concerns mm-hmm. um, would really, would really help. Um, I I found it hard to listen to. Um, oh yeah. I, at, at times I found it very challenging. Um, well, it's hard if you're a person who is really honestly trying your best. I think that was kind of the feelings I got yeah. from a lot of midwife friends that it's just very upsetting to hear. Yeah. You know, when you feel that you're not someone who'd ever provide that level of care. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. obviously, at the same time, it's very real and it is happening. And yeah, absolutely. You know, this is these are the experiences of these women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you'll have another eight day show where midwives get to ring in and say why we're not able to (laughs) do a lot of the things that we really want to do in our job. I think you'd need a month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, the the, the part that I found quite difficult was that there didn't seem to be any recourse. Um, And not that people should be on defending, you know, bad care, but just that there wasn't any... um, any midwifery voices that I certainly heard, and perhaps there were, and I and I didn't and I didn't catch them. Um, I mean, yeah. I think it's re- yeah, like it's a very it's a very difficult balance to strike where you want to say that we need to listen, and there's a time for us to stop talking and stop talking about things at a policy level, mm-hmm. and say that women should just get to tell their stories. And how it's affected their lives. Mm. But at the same time, then the kind of professional brain in you kicks in a little bit and you say, um, this is my job and I need things to be better in order for me to do my job better as well. And these are the problems that I'm looking at on all levels that lead to, you know, short staffing and busier wards and busier hospitals and lack of funding. And, you know, in a week when you have a program like that, and at the same time, you hear they're removing any funding to improve our maternity services. It's yeah. doubly hard as a professional to think, how are we going to improve things for these women? Absolutely. How are we going to be the defenders of their rights in reproductive health care? Mm. So speaking of being the defenders of human rights, as the ICM uh, are celebrating this year, um, Roisin, you're going to tell us Am I about your... Oh, I thought we were going to say why we became a midwife. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what am I going to (laughs) do? Yeah, so so, um, in preparing for this bonus episode, um, we contacted a couple of midwives and asked them what midwife means to them and what does midwife mean to you guys? 
a lot of things, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we see a lot of the time in literature and things like that, that midwife literally means with woman. Mm-hmm. And obviously a big part of our job is to be alongside women in their experiences of pregnancy, labor and birth, postnatal period, pregnancy loss, all of these kinds of things. I think for me, it's about facilitation, support, education, kind of getting to play a role in other another person's mm-hmm. kind of self-determination of how they want to go through an experience. Yeah. Um so it's sort of like being a like a key almost for mm-hmm. them to access or to express themselves or to get the experience that they want. Yeah. Great. Amy? Um, well, for me, I suppose the area that I work in, I get to care for women in all stages mm-hmm. of pregnancy and afterwards um, and even before. So I think for me, it's basically being about able to being able to kind of adapt the care that you're providing to the woman that so you know yeah. so that it's specifically to her and to this you know the exact point that she's out that she's at whether it's kind of happiness whether it's grieving um illness health everything kind of in between um and I suppose as Roisin said you know essentially kind of trying to facilitate the experience that that woman and her partner want for themselves yeah. and um, I suppose being an educator to your more junior colleagues and to women and their families. Fab, lovely answer. Yeah, I was thinking about this as well and like for me, being a midwife is privilege, you know, the, the word midwife for me is just privilege, you know, to get to spend time with pregnant women that's most of my work has been in the antenatal period so getting to spend time with with women during their pregnancy um you know particularly I would spend a lot of time with women who are having complications of pregnancy um being able to um palpate someone's abdomen so being able to touch somebody's pregnant tummy like I think that's so sacred and so Mm. special um and yeah, just, just getting to spend time with them. I mean, the birth of a baby is incredible. And then I also think spending time with a family, a new family in that first few days after their baby is born, they don't, you know, they don't get that time back. It's just, it's amazing to be led into their, yeah. their circle of trust. I think I'm going to start crying. Yeah. <laughs> it is an incredibly intimate yeah. moment it's, in your life. And we amazing. get yeah. to be there for yeah. all of the... Yeah, and I, I just, like, I love it. And um, while I often really dislike the circumstances that we work in, I never, ever complain about my job because I just love it so much. Mm. Um, it's really I, important to separate out the two. I don't <laughs> yeah, think you sometimes could. it's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like I never complain about having to go into work. You know, I am, I'm always happy to go in. And to do my job. And as I say, sometimes, yeah, it's hard, you know. Um, you literally never said I don't want to go to work today. Have <laughs> you never hit in the car park? No. <laughs> no, I'm me skipping. neither. What are you smoking? <laughs> um, I got locked so. in the bike shed recently, actually, and had to send a group, like a message to our 
um, Facebook group saying, please, someone come and get me out. But then I was like, what if no one comes and I don't have to go in? (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Um, But yeah, so I guess, yeah, that's what that's what it is for me anyway. That was lovely. lovely. Oh, thanks. Really nice. Brought a woman of stone to tears. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You lured me out of the bike shed. So we asked, will we will we insert a clip here of, of some of our... Yeah, let's hear what some of our yes. other colleagues and yeah. friends had to say. Great. So um, Emer um, sent us this. So midwife to me means looking after women and her partner, family, um, through all aspects of her pregnancy, education, um, support, through the good times and definitely through the bad times. Thanks for that, Emer. Um, I think it's nice she pointed out, you know, it's not always happy times mm. in the job. Yeah. And certainly for me, actually, the most memorable women probably that I've looked after are the ones who, um, you know, are maybe are maybe not having a, I won't say not, not having a positive experience, but are not having any, the expected outcome. Mm. Yeah, um, true. Probably, you know, and being able to support women and families and those kind of kind of situations so yeah do you want to tell us are we going to talk about why we became midwives yeah so um <laughs> so do feel very sheepish yeah Roisin's just giving me a little side eye there um well I suppose I became a midwife I had my first experience of seeing a birth when I was in second year as a student nurse and I was on placement and I still remember it. It was absolutely amazing. I loved it. And I remember thinking, I definitely am going to do this mm. one day myself. Um, not have a baby, but maybe be a midwife. Um, both, actually. I was going to say, and you can have a baby too <laughs> if I can you, do want. Both. you want. Um, and then when I was in my final year of college, my sister became pregnant and she was 17 and she went to the coom where she had a really lovely experience and I was her birthing partner. Oh. So I got to go in with her and see my nephew be born and it was unbelievable. And I just remember thinking that the midwife that was looking after her was just, we only really had her um, in the room with us. And I was just thinking, this is just such an amazing job. And this midwife is here and she's kind of doing everything for us and she knows everything and I want to do that. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> and then I did. Um, oh, that's so lovely. Yeah, yeah, so then maybe, I think it was uh, many years later, maybe four or five years after that then, Yeah, I started my yeah. training. My uh, mum is a midwife um, and she had always told me what an amazing job it was. Um, but I think I didn't kind of really think about it when I was a kid, you know, genuinely kind of what it involved. Um and I suppose as far as um, I can remember, her practice was in the neonatal unit. So she kind of, you know, still felt she was very much in the role of the midwife because she was helping um, parents care for their babies in the neonatal unit. But um, yeah, so I so sorry, where am I going with this? So I didn't really kind of fully appreciate the the with woman aspect mm-hmm. of the of the job. Um, but yeah, over the years, I, um, I got a job in the hospital that I work in now and, um, I was working as a cleaner and then I, through the hospital, trained to be a care assistant. And it was kind of when I did that, that I thought, yeah, this is 
really nice. This is really cool. Um, and then um, kind of gained experience um, as a care assistant and um, got to see a couple of babies come into the world, which blew my mind. Um, thought it was the most amazing thing ever. So then had the opportunity um, to train as a midwife. So went off to, to another hospital to train and then came back and I'm working in that hospital. I have been there... It'll be 16 years this wow. year. Wow. Oh my You've done God, every Sarah. job in the hospital. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I worked in every department bar one. Every wow. kind of clinical department, obviously. I haven't worked in IT or the kitchen. They're going to give um, you some kind of an award. Uh, no. <laughs> do you get a pen in four years' time? There's I think you do. Of, there's plenty of them in their 40 years, you know. Um, but yeah, so um, I have another 34 years to go. So, you know, I'll be there Just 50 years when I finish. But you, lo- but you love every day. So. Yeah. <laughs> I do. No, genuinely I do. And and um, so, yeah, so so that that kind of was what inspired me to become a midwife. And, and I really, you know, I feel that hospital is my second home. When I went in there to have my first baby, um, you know, some, some might say everything went tits up. It, you know, it didn't go to plan. But to me, I felt, I felt like I was having a home birth. I felt so at home. I felt so comfortable. I was just so happy to be in there. You know, I really... Oh, that's it's, really it's, good. Like, that's it's lovely. really hard to explain my love for the place, you know, but no, I really... You, you do I, love it. I do yeah. genuinely, you know, it, it, it's like my second home. Um, and yeah, so I'm really glad that I that I did follow that path. Um, and yeah, and become a midwife. Cool. Lovely. So I... Um, why do... When did I decide to become a midwife? I was a nurse for about five years when I started kind of looking around for something more. Um, I was working on a general surgical ward and I started to kind of get the feeling that I wanted something more niche, a little bit more expert, mm-hmm. um, something more acute in the sense of not this is hilarious given where I work now not looking after 12 people at (laughs) once um I wanted to do like a little bit more one-to-one care Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. really kind of develop a relationship with someone that I was looking after yeah because it can be hard as a general nurse I think on a busy floor to get really get to know everybody um but the floor that I was working on at the time was particularly stressful and we had a lot of very sick patients Mm. for a very long time um it was designated the national center for pancreatic cancer Mm -hmm. so a lot of our patients despite all of our best efforts unfortunately passed away um and it took a really big emotional toll on a lot of people that worked there and I decided to go traveling instead of applying for another course and at that time I was kind of thinking that something like ICU or A&E would be the kind of thing that would pique my interest again and get me that kind of more niche autonomous kind of feeling um but at the same time a friend of mine Sarah who now works as a midwife in the same hospital as me um was going coming to do her midwifery training and I'd say it's funny to look back on like my Facebook memories all of the things she sent me were always like, hi, how's traveling? What are you doing? And at the end, it was always like, you really need to come home and do this course. Oh. It's, it would be so perfect for you. And I don't ever remember really registering it or thinking, oh, yeah, I'll look that up. And then I just was fortunate enough to work two or three shifts as a nurse 
um, in Australia, um, an agency nurse in a women's hospital. Mm. And they ha- mix their kind of similar to us, like they'd have gynae services and maternity services in the same hospital, but in kind of a wing of their general hospitals. Mm. So randomly as a nurse, I got to do a little bit of postnatal care and I really liked it. And then without knowing any of this, I came home from traveling and my mum had saved me all of the ads in the newspapers mm-hmm. for applying for the midwifery courses in the three Dublin hospitals. Wow. And she was like, I think this is something that you should look at. Meant to be. So I was like, I need to listen to the universe here. Like, yeah. So I just applied then. And it's kind of similarly to when I started doing nursing when I was 18. Like lots of people were just telling me, you should just apply for this. You'd be really good at it. You'd really like it. And I was just like cool yeah don't really know what it's about (laughs) but yeah sign me up went in loved it from day one yeah amazing yeah and like that it kind of answered all of the things that I was looking for and moving on in my career but gave me so much more on a personal and a kind of emotional level and gave me like two of my very best friends oh you guys Love you. <laughs> Ew, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I thought you thought I said love you and I was like, oh no, that's awful no, when they hear it back because I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> love you. Well, it's you two. <laughs> yeah. Love you. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Um, will we insert another clip here? Yeah, I think yes. so. Yeah. Um, let's insert the clip I recorded my mom telling oh, me what yeah, midwife really means this. to her. Being a midwife has to be the best job in the world to be there at that incredible moment when new life enters the world and to share that special moment with parents. It compares to nothing else. It is so special. Oh, thank you. It's so lovely to have that from your mum, Tara. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah. It must, must be a really nice connection to have with her. That it's you really, do the same thing. Like. It's really nice. Ooh. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, her, I think she, she just sounds really lovely on it. Yeah. It's amazing to still feel that like passion and that drive to be yeah. at those kind of intimate moments, even yeah. after your whole career. After a million years. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of years. Okay, yeah. it's 12 minutes past seven. <laughs> You know we're recording, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amy's like, I need to get <laughs> I was Okay, I was eating a jelly and then I was on my phone saying what time Amy, a consummate recording professional. Like that's right, because we were like, we'll say, I thought, and then just go back. I'm really sorry. I honestly thought that that was the, the gap. So I, I just, I really hope something. we keep this in. Yeah, that's not being cut. Well, anyway, I'm clearly eating into the microphone and scratching myself and <laughs> giving a time check. Do you think this is one born every minute? <laughs> I think I see your baby's privates. <laughs> Best line ever. Okay. Um, okay. Let's insert another clip and we'll compose ourselves. Yeah. Um, so um, here is a clip from Janine. Being a midwife, being with woman, building a relationship that can be so intimate, yet so sometimes so short, sometimes so long throughout her pregnancy, but just being there with her. That was lovely, Janine. Yeah. So um, the theme of this year 
uh, for International Day, the midwife is midwives, midwives as defenders of women's rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for us, okay, I'm not going to speak for all of us. For me, um, the repeal campaign that we've mentioned already is just so huge in terms of women's rights here in Ireland, but also setting um, a precedent for around the world that people yeah. do care Um and the women um, who formed together for Yes. Have you seen this in the news? Yes, so cool. I was yeah. just going to say. Um, yeah, it's in the Time magazine. I've been listed yeah. in Time, yeah, top top 100. Um, and um, so that's, it's incredibly exciting to see their work recognised. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, one of the most exciting days in the campaign for me um, was when we went to the Together for Yes office, yeah, and we so we recorded cool. one of our one of our videos um, in there, and like I just felt it was such a privilege to be part of that campaign mm. and to be associated with them, yeah, um, in some way, and you know to make those videos. And what we really, really wanted was just to put facts out there um, and to get that message across. Um, yeah, so that for me is one of the biggest things really I suppose in in terms of the Irish perspective as of, yeah as I was midwives. thinking a lot about this and that definitely was like a big thing and then I thought about all the really small things that we do that we don't even yes. almost register that mean so much yeah. like helping a woman access contraception mm-hmm. oftentimes on the postnatal ward where I work like a woman will approach you and she wants contraception but she doesn't want her partner to know about it yeah so you facilitate that there's you know obviously providing now termination services I think being a safe space for women to um, disclose domestic violence mm. or difficult situations. Mm. Now, what I see an awful lot on the postnatal ward is facilitating women to access housing services, mm, yeah. which is a massive thing. Yeah. So, like, there's so many big scale things. And then those tiny little moments, I think, Definitely. where you realise that every kind of episode in reproductive healthcare is an opportunity to help a woman to access her yeah. full rights. Yeah, absolutely. Which is amazing. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't really think I can add anything to what either of you have said, but I suppose every day, you know, you're that you're in there, you're kind of doing something that makes a small what I suppose seemingly small difference but can be potentially massive yeah. to that yeah. woman and kind of giving her, you know, letting her know that, you know, the services are confidential and anything that they say, you know, is going to be kept and also that you're able to kind of offer practical help. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think, you know, the 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 covert nature of the midwife protecting birth, you know, um, that goes a long way to, you know, to 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 helping that woman stay in control giving her choice um yeah I, I i think it's great will we hear from janine again yes yeah, yeah. so my involvement in human rights issues uh first would spring to mind would be my involvement in midwives for choice and um our campaigning to repeal the eighth amendment a very unique time in ireland um Secondly, would be my work with the Elephant Collective, um, we where we've campaigned for um, automatic inquests into maternal deaths, 
definitely a human rights issue. Why do women die in childbirth? Uh, what we need to know about that and what we can learn from it. Um, then um, it would be I do a lot of social media and get involved in a lot of issues in regards to um, human rights. How, do, how does this make me feel? Oh, sometimes you can actually feel quite um, supported um, as within what it was like in, in, in Midwives for Choice. Uh, uh, the flip side can be actually you can feel quite isolated and um uh, unsupported in some of your beliefs um, and that can impact on you um, on a, a day to day level working as a midwife it would be um, advocating for a woman in relation to pushing out maybe an induction of labour um, uh, planned uh, VBAC um, different issues smaller issues sometimes big but um, yeah human rights uh, in all areas of reproductive health are really important to me Thanks so much, Janine, uh, for that little clip. Um, and I think now is probably a good time to acknowledge uh, the work of the Elephant Collective uh, that Janine has mentioned there, who were campaigning to get mandatory inquiries into maternal deaths here in Ireland. And they have achieved that, which is which is fantastic, because really in every sad event, every maternal um, death, there is learning to come out of it. Um, and we also want to acknowledge the um, Black Maternal Health Week, which is happening at the moment. So we have to record slightly in advance. It can be hard for all of us to get into a room together. Um, and this week is Black Maternal Health Week. Um, hashtag Black Mamas Matter. Um, so here in Ireland, we send our data over to the UK to be kind of correlated with their numbers by Embrace, uh, which is the, the organisation that does that. Um, and in the most recent report from them, um, they um, informed us that black women are five times more likely than white women to die in childbirth um, and Asian women two times more likely to die, which, I mean, really shocking. Um, and on an individual level, we certainly um, don't feel that we op operate with racial bias, but these things are... Um, systematic um and something that we need to we need to open the conversation about and um and and start changing um and yeah i think that probably those kind of reports and the, the learning from them is something we hope to talk about further in a in a further episode um but yeah thank you janine for that lovely clip so roisin has recently completed her master's which she got a first class honors in <laughs> you don't and... need to tell people that <laughs> <laughs> You we've made dark. a badge we've made a badge for you no we haven't sorry um, where are my balloons yeah we should have had balloons for you but um you're going to talk to us a little bit about it because essentially what you wrote about is yeah, very well, in a, keeping with the theme it's a bit mad like I started my master's and I knew that I wanted to focus it completely on kind of where I was at in my personal and professional kind of lives and so I tried my best, it was an MA in sexuality studies, to f make each portion of what I did about something related to my job yeah. and how I felt um, women or midwives are experiencing maternity care around the world. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it just kind of all came together really nicely that... <laughs> 
we actually managed to get the Irish government to have a referendum on the Eighth <laughs> Amendment because then my topic sort of fell into my lap a little bit. Um, so I uh, interviewed midwives and asked them about how they felt about practising midwifery in a country that had a constitutional provision that potentially limited women's ability to have full rights to consent or to refuse treatment. And one of my questions to my participants was, how do you view your role in defending or upholding women's rights? Mm -hmm. And so like through all of my analysis and stuff like that, a lot of stuff came out. um, So all of the midwives like identified this kind of unique philosophy that we've all been talking about, this kind of with Mm -hmm. woman thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And spoke with this incredible kind of sense of privilege and protectiveness Mm -hmm. that was really beautiful that midwives were saying you know we're here for the woman yeah we're here to respect her and to get her what she wants and what's right for her at the time and for her family and I think without realizing it midwives know that they are defenders of women's rights yeah like I was saying about those small moments I don't think if you asked an everyday midwife in an everyday part of her work day what are you doing to defend women's rights right now they it's hard to articulate it but to see it down on paper that really the ultimate goal for all of the midwives that I interviewed and throughout kind of midwifery literature and stuff is that We want women to have these incredible transformational experiences, Mm. whether they are the norm or not. So like you were saying, Tara, about the good and the bad, like it matters just as much, I think, to the midwives in my study that women who are having a pregnancy loss feel as cared for, as included, as respected, as... I always say to people... That a mother needs to be mothered when she's becoming a mother. And a new mother needs just as much love and support and attention as she is giving to her new baby. And I think that's kind of what I got from my research. And that sometimes we're not afraid is the wrong word. Um, Apprehensive, I think, to declare ourselves as these protectors of Mm -hmm. women and defenders Mm. of their rights but actually when you break it all down and you talk about it and you piece it back together that's what midwives are doing all the time yeah with it it's just your it's second nature to us yeah I think yeah yeah and I suppose like when you talk about that um there's a there's the association of radical midwives Mm. and that sounds so out there and you think oh my god I'm not a radical midwife but (laughs) what they want is you know good care for their women, you Mm. know, evidence-based care, choice and control and to uphold what the woman wants. Is that the right phrase? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's such an interesting study, Roisin. Thanks. I loved doing it. It was so much more rewarding than, like, I ever imagined it could be. When I did my first degree... I hated research, but this was incredible. I would like highly, highly advise anyone to do 
research on something yeah. that they love. Would you also advise them to do it coming up to their wedding like you did? <laughs> <laughs> I would say actually what you should do is move out of your dream home into your mother-in-law's attic with your husband-to-be <laughs> while campaigning for a referendum. Do your thesis, uh, hand it in, and then two weeks later get married. Get married. <laughs> do that. <laughs> well, I've just completed chapter one of my Woo-hoo! thesis. And I didn't get dressed or wash myself for two days until obviously you've seen me now um it's okay for the last like two weeks of writing my thesis I didn't have anything that wasn't a takeaway I know (laughs) so I'm kind of not I think I'd be lying if I said I was at the stage where that you're talking about which is the enjoyment stage (laughs) oh I mean obviously there are those things where you're sitting there going what the fuck have I done to myself yeah, yeah. I've paid I mean, I've signed up for this you're typing yeah. like a letter at a time and still doing a word count after yeah. every key that you punch <laughs> and going why is this not writing itself but look like I read it and I texted Kev today and I was like fucking hell I was really smart last year and I didn't even know it <laughs> so if anyone really would like to buy day. a copy of Roisin's thesis I'll please, be selling it in Ethan's <laughs> please apply directly to at Boom Yannick on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. Um, I think we're we're just yeah, about wrapped I think up, that are we? Wraps us up. Just to say, um, are we going to do the song? Oh yeah, yeah. I think we'll put cool. it in at the end, will we? Okay, yeah, yeah. For a moment, I was like, <laughs> "You've learned a song. <laughs> we're going to perform. <laughs> yeah. Where's no, me guitar? Just to yeah. say, Happy International Day of the Midwife. And if you know a midwife, um, bring her cake. She deserves it. Yeah, or, she, or toast. Especially a midwife at work. If you're yeah in a maternity hospital on International Day of the Midwife, go up to your midwives and wish them a happy International Day of the Midwife. Yeah. They will absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, it means a lot. Um, and to all the midwives out there, keep, keep on trucking. work. Keep yeah. on trucking. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, please uh, contact us if you like at yannickboompodcast.gmail.com. Find us at boomyannick on Instagram. Thank you to Stee, our producer here in Denmark Studios. And Roisin, introduce this track. Oh, hang on. So this song was posted on Facebook a little while ago. And it is a student midwife who was asked to do an assignment of her interpretation of a woman's experience in labour. And she wrote a song for her assignment, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, her name is Olivia Tupper. And yeah, we're going to, I think it just really beautifully depicts kind of that midwife woman relationship and why we all do what we do. Yeah. So we're going to play it here for you guys. Every time I listen to this, I cry. So if you're in any way an emotional person, if you're a human being, <laughs> prepare. Yeah, It's beautiful. It's so really thank beautiful. you to Olivia. Well done, Olivia. You'd be a fantastic midwife. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, baby, I know this is not what we planned. Now it's all just a blur. But I'm still the command, so I'm keeping my promise. I'll do all that I can to keep you safe. Now there's needles and wires that monitors Yeah.
While we are medical professionals and we love answering your questions, this pod should never be used in place of a real-life consultation with a midwife or doctor. If you have a serious concern about your health or a medical emergency, please go to your GP or to a hospital.